0: Welcome
1: back to Cooper Dooper, a Twin Peaks Podcast for Regular People. Lynch movie edition, I guess. This is Jess.
2: We ran out of Twin Peaks. I'm Mikey.
1: Do you think we found our new intro? Do you think that was like really good and smooth and pleasant to listen to? Yeah. Cool. Okay. So we're <laughs> just back Just
2: record that one. And just, <laughs> just
1: do it and over and over. Play it on a loop. Okay, so we are back. That's
2: perfect. Everyone knows exactly what we are now. <laughs>
1: so we're back um this is our first post twin peaks episode yeah um and we are starting on our journey through the uh filmography of david yeah. lynch
2: and i think we're gonna do Storyville in the middle there too which is the mark frost directed movie
1: yes those are words that mean things to me mark you know mark i know who Mark. Uh, yeah it's just a fun joke um <laughs> So, yeah, we started with Eraserhead.
2: The quintessential David Lynch movie.
1: So, that just happened to me. Now, I had never... Mikey seen it a couple times. Uh-huh. I have seen it zero times. Uh, now I've seen it one times. And probably that's where that number will stay. I
2: And, uh, th- yeah, there's no... The, I, I like this movie a lot. It's It doesn't have the rewatchability that something like twin peaks has for me or even some of like some some of Lynch's other movies I enjoy this movie I find it fascinating mm-hmm. but I don't want to this I don't I don't have the desire to go in and like figure it all out the way I did immediately upon watching twin peaks
1: I mean it does seem that this is and and we'll get into it, but like parts of this maybe are less symbolic and just weird for their own or or why would I say that? I don't know what David Lynch is thinking. Am I, I out of my mind? I
2: just all of this is so David Lynch. Yeah. Like this is like first things for, like this is basically a student film. This mm-hmm. this movie was made over the course of seven years, really, um, but just for various reasons, money setbacks all sorts of things so i
1: thought this is what he got a grant yes okay
2: Yeah. Okay. so this was he got brought on to study at the american film institute uh-huh. um which uh, if nothing else you know afi for all of their top 100. top 100 lists and 100 stuff like that.
1: cheers yeah
2: exactly um but he got a grant from from them to do that they were expecting a student short um they liked his concept or whatever they they gave him money to do it. It turned into a whole project, but they he was basically living on the stables at the these unused stables that right. which is where he uses his film set. Like a lot like this was his life for seven for many like there's the reason there's two cinematographers on this is cause at a certain point a few years in, Fred Elms was like, I can't yeah. do this anymore. I've right. got other things. Um, so they hired someone else to film other parts. Um, I don't remember the other guy's name, but there's everything in this you can like you could take any single shot or moment or sequence or whatever and be like, oh, this looks like that thing from Twin Peaks. This looks like that thing from uh, yeah. from Lost Highway, that this looks like that moment in Mulholland Drive or whatever. Every like this is and and especially season three of yeah i was gonna say this
1: does feel like a feature-length episode eight or excuse me part eight with a much smaller budget right
2: like it this this movie feels like it belongs in actually realistically part eight probably a larger budget than this entire film that's what i meant okay yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. i meant is part
1: eight had yeah. a bigger budget
2: than this um i don't i don't i mean they don't really break down budgets per episode or whatever but
1: no but i could also see what was on screen with my eyes yeah. and but i don't think the special effects were free
2: yeah i mean but but for the for nineteen seven the 1970s Again, when this was made
1: part eight is, i
2: know. oh okay the the animatronics of that baby all of the stuff Didn't in it, it but it's Really, really well done. Very well done. Um, for being a student on on no budget. I mean, this was mm-hmm. like Catherine Coulson, who was a who's the log lady, famously. But it was working as a. I don't. Even, I don't know what they titled her, but like literally, just the person who's doing everything in her power to keep this film mm. afloat. Too, she was an intern. She was a grip. She was a oh. PA. She was everything. David is, Lynch, script supervisor, everything David Lynch needed her to do, she was there to do it. Um, is this
1: how um, Jack Nance
2: I met Katherine Wilson? I don't think so, but I honestly, I don't recall. Um, but, yeah, but where was I going with that? Um, oh, she, like, she was working, you know, as a waitress or whatever, and, like, putting her tip money towards keeping this project alive jack fisk was doing the same thing with everything to keep this project alive um which is you know and then they keep having to put it on hold um so like pretty famously there's a one of the early scenes you know you see henry it opens with henry walking or whatever walks all the way down his hallway sees the woman across the street she says mary called mary called he opens the door and then closes the door. From the moment of him opening that door and closing that door, like something like a year and a half had passed. Oh, funny. And it, like, so poor Jack Nance had to like keep ha- up that hairstyle up that hair in the 70s. Yeah. It was like, he was like a- regularly approached by people like, what the fuck is wrong with you, yeah. dude? Because like everybody was long, shaggy hair in the 70s. Nobody did anything up.
0: Yeah. It yeah. was
2: insane. Yeah. And it just... It's like, doesn't even have product in it. It's just his hair was thick. And, and it just it he's work. like, I, I just fascinated. Lynch was just fascinated by the fact that if I put his hair up, it stays there. <laughs> so, I mean, there's probably some, you know, hairspray or whatever to keep it. Make sure it stays. Still, but okay. it's, yeah.
1: <sighs> okay. So, um, we have... Turn to wikipedia in our time of need about trying to break down this movie so
2: yeah it's but it's 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 nice to have something to because if we were to just be like like a lot of those movie podcasts where they talk they just kind of ramble
1: or just like look at their notes and this yeah is what this reminds me of yeah um
2: and so they just dart all over the place i kind of like keeping on track somehow. Mm-hmm. And like so I, I like the idea of having something to, to go well, it's off like of.
1: The Flophouse House does this. They read from the Wikipedia, yeah. whereas how did this get made? Is just yeah, yeah. a few <laughs> dream.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you can't rein in Jason Manzucas, I don't no, think. And nor
1: should you. So anyway, um that brings us, I guess, to the beginning of Eraserhead.
2: Yeah, and the And you know, the beginning of David Lynch as we know it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so first scene, real easy to explain. A man in the planet pulls levers in his home in space.
0: Yeah, no, that's problem Jack so Fisk.
1: Far. Oh, is that who Jack Fisk is yeah. with the boils on his face? Mm-hmm. Did not care for all of the face horror in this. I don't like the boils. I don't like the the just the cheeks that woman had. <laughs> it just all made me pretty uncomfortable. Yeah.
2: I, like, again, even right out the gate, this is, this reminds me so much of Major Briggs' this floating head saying blue rose. Oh, yeah. It made me three. think like, of,
1: the, I think the first time we see Cooper when he's like floating around in space. Yeah. And when, then.
2: Like, I mean, after, yeah, after he drops out of the room or whatever. Right. It's exactly. just like this, the, the white star like mm-hmm. sparkles or whatever. Yeah, like I I feel like every single moment you can be like, oh, this reminds me of right. This Twin Peaks thing or whatever, but
1: um who, and, Yeah,
2: and the, so it's And then
1: we see the head of Henry Spencer floating in the sky.
2: Right. And it's behind him is a planet, quote unquote, um which is just some type of orb that that, that man, that Jack Fisk, is credited as, I think, man in the planet or something. Yeah. Uh, so that leads me to believe whatever that object is, is a planet.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know what that means. Okay. I'm just, that's... But I think there is something to be said for seeing Henry's head lying sideways,
0: mm-hmm. which
2: leads me to believe there's something dreamlike about sleeping or Mm -hmm. laying on your side and sleeping and whatever Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and so much of this i think is a lot of a lot of david lynch's stuff is like dream adjacent
1: okay
2: right i mean i feel like like dream Um, logic like dreams but isn't necessarily a specific dream mm -hmm. as we understand you go to sleep images flash in your head i feel like this movie is a lot more directly a dream I see what you mean. Nightmare more specifically. Right. But I, this feels like an actual, like, all of his, Henry's fears kind of manifest into this one horrific nightmare. Mm-hmm. And yes. we watch, like, 90% of this movie is that nightmare.
1: So do you think it is bookended somehow? Or do you think the clips that we have of, of, what's his name, Henry... Uh, are when he's awake, and the the little vignettes we see are him. Be- no, because he's at that dinner with the family, and that's horrible.
2: Yeah, I mean everything is like that's. I mean, I think the sound has a lot to do with that. I think mm-hmm. every time you have the that like whooshing, yeah. crazy sound effects, yeah. like just that penetrate the entire scene. Mm-hmm. I think those are all dreams, but like, or they, or it could all be a dream, and it's just he's dreaming about what happened but like it's allowing an audience to understand that like she's pregnant
0: or mm-hmm.
2: cuz that's the other thing of like but it's only been like that's why i think i think he has found out that she's pregnant no baby exists yet in reality which we don't ever see really mm-hmm. um, and, this and this is his the... fear of I all the things that could happen with fatherhood and commitment uh-huh. and you know this whole new life that he's going down, yeah. and I like. That's why I think vacation is kind of a euphemism for I'm a, I'm in a dream. You oh, know, what I, like he keeps okay, saying I'm on vacation, but he's not on, on a vacation in any sense outside of not being at the factory, right? Um, but I think the vacation is just a euphemism for I'm asleep? I'm yeah I'm asleep.
1: Um, so his mouth opens in a big, like, sperm thing.
2: Yeah, I think, I think the man in the, I think this, this is a really. Like sex? This is a, yeah, this is, this is not necessarily, this is the, I can't, this may not be an actual dream right here that's very, very opening. Uh Uh-huh. This is actually, I think. A f- fucked up way of showing intercourse, Don't like and that at all. and impregnation.
1: Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like the sperm yeah. are coming out of him, the planet is probably representing an egg, an egg of, yeah. um,
2: of some sort, and this guy controlling what goes in and what uh-huh. goes out, and and everything, and then plop it lands in.
1: A lot of unhappy plops for me in this in this movie.
2: Meanwhile, meanwhile, mm-hmm. in one of these very early opening scenes, he walks around and steps in a puddle and makes no noise. Oh, I
1: didn't notice that. You, you know, when, when he's no, walking no, no, up I, I and he steps in, it
2: doesn't make a sound. Which is another way of showing you that, like, you're seeing this. This is dreamlike. It, it oh. Sounds should be there, but they're not. But then when the head falls through the black liquid later, it's boop, boop like it's super too. loud.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh God, this is going to be, I already have kind of a headache trying to like, like line things up in my brain. <laughs> my brain's like, no, 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 those but, things don't belong together.
2: Well, that's the thing is that it's dream, that's oh, dream course. logic and you... Don't don't line it up. But right. but you still grasp for meaning behind your right, dreams. Right, that's what I'm and saying. Is, not everything in your dreams has yeah. meaning.
1: I'm spinning my, my mental wheels. Um, okay, so then we go to an industrial cityscape. and it, Oh, I guess we did say this from 1977. It's all black and white.
2: It was, yeah, released in 1977. Started shooting in 1970. Or it started at least planning. I don't know if they started shooting yet, but...
1: It does it's interesting because it's partly it feels like it exists kind of outside time oh yeah the way that like i think if lynch made a razorhead today it would be largely the same yeah. but oh, with yeah. like just better prosthetics um, even that maybe not <laughs> yeah yeah he's he's not one to uh, yeah. to upgrade something that's not broken um but there is there are just certain sensibilities that remind me of like weird, trippy 60s and 70s cinema. Like, I'm thinking specifically of the Monkeys movie, Head, which is something that's pretty embarrassing that I've seen many times. It's just, it's, it's from, like, 1968, I think, and it's the Monkeys being like, no, we're going to make high art. And a lot of the, I wonder if, I don't think you would enjoy it, but I wonder if you'd think it was yeah, interesting. Maybe. Um, And it's a series I of. I didn't
2: even realize that the Monkeys made a movie. Uh-huh. I've seen, I, I mean, back in the day at some point, I've seen most of the show if not all of it but
1: yeah but this was like them trying to be you know they're stones all the time is really what i'm trying to say is it
2: like comparable to like yellow submarine or i've never
1: seen yellow submarine
2: okay or Uh, magical mystery tour
1: never seen that okay okay (laughs) it's it's in in terms of like, is it a, is it vaguely a story? It is most like a head. just in All terms right, so
2: of what So that's like, that's like magical, like magical mystery it, tour is just a. It's an just acid like a trip. series of yeah.
1: vignettes that don't really tie. Not the way that like, Help and Hard Day's Night. Those they are like, linear
2: stories, right? It's a um, well, hard day's night, not as much, but it's.
1: Well, it's it's about Ringo's uncle or whatever, uh, grandpa. Hard
2: day's night. I haven't seen that in a long time
1: yeah like, like they're on tour and it's somebody's grandpa but it's, maybe Paul's grandpa it's
2: borderline just a music doc <laughs> you know what I mean like no right it's, I don't it's, know
1: it's definitely like
2: is it okay it's been a while
1: like it has those elements of the musical romps that yeah. the the monkeys took over and ran with but it sure. it's generally about being on tour oh yeah um and then just getting into hijinks um anyway all I was to say is it's but some of the sensibilities really reminded me of this, of like this sort of practical effect look of it, specifically when he's looking through that keyhole mm-hmm. and the door, clo- it's like black and then the door suddenly closes. Like that was what it made me think of, like that just kind of weird uh, practical sensibility.
2: Mm-hmm. And like that's the beauty of this is that like he had so much freedom to just do yeah. whatever he wanted.
1: Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised that I'm I'm kind of surprised that Lynch didn't retire immediately after season three because Eraserhead and season three seem like such strong bookends for his career.
2: So much of season three is, I feel like, and you'll probably get more of this as you watch more than just Eraserhead. Mm. Because you've,
1: I've seen Mulholland Drive.
2: Only seen Mulholland Drive, I think, right?
1: Um, I saw some of Lost Highway, and then I think- you fell asleep. I hated it, and I like rage fell asleep. like, I'll show you. I'm not watching this movie, but unclear. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Ooh. David Lintris. I remember he called me about that. He no, like, said, she did what? I was punishing
1: you, Michael. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but- By- by making myself not present well, in your life I'll for an hour. Sh- then
2: I'll show you. You're going to have to watch it <laughs> and then discuss it for an hour or more. Um, anyway. But yeah, I don't, th- I mean, I know you haven't seen like Inland Empire or something like that, but um, Elephant Man? You oh, see yeah, Ele- we-,
1: we watched Elephant Man together. We did? Yeah, because it was the last David Lynch movie you hadn't seen Hmm. I'm not a monster. I am a
2: man. Oh, can you turn it off? I, oh. I didn't realize you turned it on. Sorry, right
1: I just now. thought you oh. wanted that clip, that famous clip. Yeah, from it, it. since you had it queued I up and you cu- just played oh, it constantly. Yeah,
2: that was good. I I like that you did that, but it's a little loud. So we can turn it off. Oh, I don't. Okay. I didn't even see where it was coming. Oh, it's from
0: my phone. Oh, right okay, here.
2: okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. I thought thought it thought maybe Anthony Hopkins was here for a minute.
1: Uh huh. It's definitely. I remember that it was Anthony Hopkins who played him. That's a thing I definitely. Oh yeah yeah remember um
2: but you haven't seen dune or anything like that not
1: seen dune blue velvet blue velvet i've never seen Kay. dune i feel like i walked in in the basement and you're halfway through it and you looked unhappy
0: i
2: hate <laughs> dune i hate it <laughs> i also miserable. am not like i i never read it i well, you're not a I'm high not, fantasy not really guy. but i but i genuinely enjoy the star wars i that's that yeah, the Star Wars. Yeah. I started to say the Star Wars saga, but then stopped. Realize how stopped, douchey that sounded. Realized the Star Wars. <laughs> uh, uh, but I like I genuinely enjoy things like that. And like,
1: yeah, but Star Wars, I feel Wars like is. F- I'm really
2: excited about the new Dune. The yeah uh, Villeneuve one.
1: Because I would, from what I understand of it, I would put Dune of a type with like game of thrones and that yeah. it's like sci-fi but it's like, like a this, lord of the rings it's like a,
2: a temple for sci-fi nerds oh like doing it like the, but book, like, the I, book
1: i feel like at least you liking star wars is like the exception rather
2: than the rule because
1: hmm, okay. you're not a huge star trek guy
2: yeah but that's just because i never really wa- i enjoyed the next generation a little bit when i watched it
0: but it's, but
2: I but it's because I never watched him as a kid. Yeah. But that's you know? I, that's
1: why I'm saying that like yeah. the fact that you like Star Wars, you're not generally a big sci-fi guy. Like except you know, with obvious exceptions like Alien if you want to con- consider that yeah, a no, sci-fi versus horror or whatever. But like you like mainstream sci-fi stuff, you don't like anything. You don't like high fantasy, you don't like high, high sci-fi in general.
2: I sci-fi more than more than fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I like a, you know, a good time travel movie or a good, you know. Yeah,
1: I guess I'm trying. Like, when I'm saying sci-fi, I'm thinking of, like, space operas. Which, obviously, Star Wars is one. But it doesn't seem like there yeah. are many other ones that have captured your attention.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Hoof. Anyway, um, so an industrial cityscape. Spencer walks home with his groceries.
2: Um. Oh, and a lot, I'll point out that, like, so... This is this is coming at a point where David Lynch was going to school at art school in um, Philadelphia.
1: He Hated hates it. Philadelphia.
2: it like he's like it's it's a weird bittersweet thing. He talks he's talked about this before, but like I Philadelphia Philadelphia helped me tap into these dark mm. areas of my mind and my mm-hmm. you know. My the things I love and these yeah. things, but I hate Philadelphia. And he hated the film school. It was like very much a you know, oh, if you don't paint this like this, then you're gonna fail. And it's yeah, it's art. Stop right. fucking reining me in. He he talks about in the art life a great moment of his mother when he was a kid
1: wouldn't give him coloring. Books. Yeah,
2: wouldn't wouldn't let him have coloring books. His older siblings all had them. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wasn't allowed coloring books. And for some reason, she thought it would be too restrictive on him. And he's like, to this day, that's one of my biggest inspirations is that someone believed me. But also, like...
1: I wonder if that's an apocryphal story, though. Because I wonder, is, he's Oh, he's not the youngest. He's the oldest?
2: I don't remember. I thought he said it was his older siblings. But, but yeah, I, feel I think like, you're right. I don't think he's the... the maybe he meant his younger siblings.
1: I'm just wondering Maybe if, I'm like, remembering it wrong th- too, but. the giving him, it was a coincidence that the mom didn't give him coloring yeah, it books, could be and any, he's, like, painted this way, mythos he, around it. But either
2: way, he created this narrative around mm-hmm. it and went with it. So and that works, too. And
1: we watch the art life, and that does seem to be a thing that he does, is, like, kind of tell stories about himself. Like, he's mm-hmm. almost like his own tall tale. Yeah. With the... the tall hair. Tall hair tale but like with the oh we saw this woman naked and her mouth was bleeding and mm-hmm. i'll never forget that like i don't care whether that's true or not but like it, yeah. it feels that ki- it feels very big fishy or, when he tells uh, stories about his own life
2: uh, uh, yeah that's I meant to- big fish
1: the movie not whatever how else you could have interpreted that big fishy is what i said
2: you don't mean it like catching the big fish the book by david lynch his memoirs
1: you're fucking lying to me is that really what his memoirs are called
2: I, actually, his memoirs are "Room to Dream," but catching the big—I guess I don't know if it's memoirs or what—but he has a book called "Catching the yeah, Big Fish." Essays, yeah. um, but it's about him, him and his life and whatever. But um, so, yeah, that's entirely possible. It's also entirely possible that like he had very, very, very vivid dream imaginations, and he just remembers these things mm-hmm. as though they were something that happened to him, and they never did. But like, you'll see that, like that. Naked woman bleeding from the mouth.
0: Mm -hmm. It's an orange in the story.
2: Right. But also, basically, thrown up on screen in blue velvet almost exactly. Yeah. Like, there's these things that, like, he talks about. Like, he, I think he just fixates on them. Mm -hmm. And then, and then he has to recreate them in some way, which is so much of what his art is.
1: Do you think he's on the spectrum? Probably. That's what I was thinking. Like when I was listening to him talk, of like there seems to be fixation that I mm-hmm. that I understand as a a y thing. Anyway,
2: and and he doesn't understand why others think that that's weird, right? Like there there's a story I heard about in Eraserhead. The scene ended up getting cut, but there was supposed to be a scene where Henry finds a dead cat. Mm. Um and apparently he just like called around to like the animal morgue at the vet or whatever. And was like, can I have a dead cat please? And he went back and forth and they were like, no, that's crazy. And then talked, explained what was going on or whatever. And he needed one. So they gave him a dead cat and he like dissected it and everything. And like scene didn't even make the movie, but that's not, like that's what a person who would fixate on things and doesn't underst- like sure but you know what i mean i don't know but you're like i that's why like he calls this his most most spiritual film like there's so much about this that is i that I feels like a direct look into the inside of david lynch's head
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like this is what his actual literal dreams look like. Yeah, Which like it's weirdly an intimate thing to right? to know about somebody, right? Yeah, like
2: this this feel, but this feels like because it took so long, because he got to do whatever he wanted, and you see remnants of this movie in every one of his later works. This is David Lynch. Mm-hmm. This is the inside of his head, mm-hmm. like the. And, like, the, that's part, probably part of why, like, he's obsessed with the duality because this is what's going on inside his head mm-hmm. and outside of his head. He's this quirky, yeah. happy-go-lucky Boy Scout from mm-hmm. Montana. yeah um, <laughs> And so, like, the, the, the two of those things are in, you know, constant battle with each other. Mm-hmm. It's really, really fascinating.
1: You know, I just realized um, I didn't pitch my uh, movie idea on this podcast. I just texted it to our friends. <laughs> so oh, Mike okay. and I were watching The Art Life the other night, and I came up with a concept of a book that is oh, da- it's a book uh, or a movie. I mean, I yeah,
2: movie. Je- Jeff already called that uh, he's going to be EP. So. Yeah.
1: Okay. 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 So, so it's about it's a movie about if David Lynch never found. Art as an outlet,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and instead became the world's most deranged and sick serial killer, and like, a la Dexter, like made weird shit with the or uh, Hannibal does it too. Yeah, I
2: feel like that's more in line yeah. with like Hannibal kills. I was
1: just thinking of the one Dexter thing when they were recreating scenes from the Bible, is what I was thinking. Oh of.
2: yeah, that was later. Oh
1: god, that. I wonder if that show holds up. At I all. don't
2: think so. Yeah,
1: I wonder why. I'm kind of obsessed with. I just.
2: I don't know Show there's
1: I I have this weird fixation on speaking of fixations on why things stay relevant and why they sort of go by the wayside because I feel like for a minute Dexter was everywhere everybody yeah, was yeah, like yeah. fucking obsessed with Dexter I went to
2: like a big premiere event I went thing. with you did you go to that it was at
1: that like hotel and yeah like, I remember Road?
2: I went with Susie and I yeah. didn't remember okay
1: I met you there after work it was
2: okay, when I was working yeah, at Roscoe, yeah. I think
1: um, but anyway, like... And that was
2: for season four, which was the best season. Such That was the Lithgow one.
1: Was that it? Yeah. I thought it had already happened by the time...
2: No, that's... By yeah. the time we
1: were dating. Anyway. But anyway, there's just something I find really interesting about, like, things that stay relevant. Yeah. And things that just kind of blink out of the popular existence. And I think Dexter is a good... I think,
2: I think part of it was, like, people...
1: I mean, the ending was bad.
2: The ending was bad, but it was, like, it was during a downturn in the fascination of true crime mm. so this was kind of like ooh what is this yeah. like serial killers what yeah and so people were, but then it, it it's one of those that suffers from like it's not abstract enough
0: mm-hmm.
2: but it's it doesn't like it doesn't break away from the procedural enough hmm or it doesn't lean into just being a procedural. Because right. then you get to this point of like, why is every fucking serial killer in Miami? Why is, why does yeah. everyone go through this specific, like, To
1: me, the the turn was when he started, like, I guess I have different opinions about the cops now than I did 10 years ago, but like. that
2: That's a huge factor. Yeah.
1: but like, was trying, because before, it started as when a, when a bad guy, usually a guy. Yeah when he slips through the the cracks of the justice system I am there as like the backstop to make sure these guys can't keep doing what they've been doing which is a very cool concept yeah especially considering the like I have this serial killer instinct and I need to channel it it's a great concept It doesn't lend itself, I don't think, to a procedural because you have to, or even like a long series, because it has you necessarily have to heighten, ratchet up the tension every season, Mm -hmm. and so by the end he's like trying to fake out the cops Mm -hmm. and like lead them on the wrong trail.
2: That's Dexter would have been good, and I know we maybe we'll try again because HBO is bad, but that's one of the beauties of a show like The Wire. Mm -hmm. Is it's just a long, slow, steady. Burn. Mm -hmm. That's real. Yeah. Like, and they 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 intentionally go and separate themselves from from procedurals. Like, the end of every procedural is going to be the big chase down the bad guy, and then they catch the bad guy, and then you confesses. Right. They literally like go up. Like, there's scenes where they'll be like staking out a guy. They see the drug deal happen. They get on the radio and just happened go pick them up they leave
1: mm-hmm. oh interesting And like
2: they intentionally don't show you huh. the parts that would have been the climax in
0: yeah
2: homicide or i guess not even homicide that's also still seem to say but it was it's uh created by david simon and ed burns david simon was a baltimore a, a beat writer for yeah. decades and ed burns was a baltimore police officer for many years Mm -hmm. and every season that they bring in a new oh this one's about the inner workings of the political game Mm -hmm. bring in politics writers bring it like they do their research Mm -hmm. and it's if Dexter were something Mm -hmm. like that like grittier yeah if it was gritty and it was just this long like and like the murder of one you know he creates he murders one person and that takes is like a four or five episode arc yes And so, uh, throughout the course of a season, he kills one, two, maybe three people. Mm
1: -hmm. Instead of one per episode, we say bananas rage. Right.
2: And it's like, nobody at any point questions like, hey, how come everybody who we arrest that gets off ends up dead?
0: Oh. Like, that's so weird.
2: Like, or, yeah, the cops are that bad because...
1: Stokes? Is that his nemesis? The only one who...
2: Surprise, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> that's so good. Like, there's bits. I'd be curious to try to watch it again, but I just have a feeling I'm going to be uninterested. Yeah, yeah, I think
1: so, too. I think there's plenty of good TV we can
2: we can watch. But it's coming back. Dexterous? Yeah. You haven't seen all the trailers and shit? It's coming back on Showtime. Oh, Apparently, oh. that's what Showtime does now. Should just
1: reboots shit? Yeah, I mean, it was always yes, on there's Showtime. there's a business model there.
2: I mean, it was on Showtime right. originally, but Twin Peaks, Dexter...
1: Okay, God, we have to get back to this movie, Michael. In an industrial cityscape, Spencer walks home with his groceries. He's stopped outside by his apartment. He's stopped outside his apartment by the beautiful girl across the hall who informs them that his girlfriend, Mary X, has invited him to dinner with her family. You know, the way... Next door neighbors.
2: They don't say X. They just say Mary.
1: But regardless, like, the way she's like, hey, somebody, this interaction was so straight. It was more like she was his secretary.
2: She said, are you Henry? He says, yes. Someone called the payphone.
1: Oh, I didn't catch that. Presumably,
2: there's a payphone in the lobby. She answered it. I see. I
1: see, I see, I see.
2: Um, Yeah. Also, you get, first of all, the chevron carpet. You get the oh yeah, um, the elevator. He's standing there holding his grocery bags, just like exactly the same way Dougie Jones does in uh-huh. season three. Like everything, yeah, a lot of is
1: those elevator shots. Yeah, that exists. Ev-
2: all of it is straight out of Lucky Seven, and it's like I I don't know what the theory is, but Lucky
1: Seven is the insurance company that Dougie works sure,
2: for. Yeah. Um, i don't know what the theory is but like obviously there's a 100 theories um, about what season three means we watch the ridiculous four hour one Oof. i don't know if you read the thing john Bernardi sent it's great uh, i am much 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 more in line with his theory yeah um, which i think he knows which is why he was like i can finally send you this now uh-huh. uh, which is great thank you john um, well, basically
1: what, what John said was that he does a good job on a lot of things and then kind of right. is cramming and, things to make and them fit.
2: season three exists in this middle ground world between Timeline and Lodge Space. And, yeah. Um, but I think there's something like, there's almost something to be said for season three being some kind of reaction dream to watching David Lynch's entire career.
1: I mean that's kind of you how know what I, I mean. Yeah, it like feels there's like a, so
2: much like.
1: That's why I said the the bookend thing because yeah. that felt very much like a his own like retro yeah. uh, what would you call that like David Lynch this is your life like
2: a eulogy almost I guess like a, less
1: grim but yeah just a kind of flashback through his career yeah and digested into something new but familiar
2: yeah.
1: Um. So Spencer leaves his groceries in his apartment, which is filled with piles of dirt and dead vegetation. Uh, That night, Spencer visits... Okay, so there's there's this woman who he apparently had an affair with or was dating.
2: Who are you talking about? uh, Mary. Yeah.
1: And she is titled as Mary X. Mm -hmm. And her parents, who we're about to meet, are just Mr. X and Mrs. X. Right. So i'm gonna try to keep that straight it's gonna be weird to read through
2: um and you can call his name was bill i don't know if we ever get her name the, the
1: mother. um yes we do it is bill we do and not we get, get mary
2: name. by name we right. don't ever get the x that's only in the credits
1: right which david lynch does a lot because we saw sure. him as the the giant was the fireman or mm-hmm. whatever and he does that with like the man from another place is the little man. Like yeah, he, yeah. he gives people really involved, in sure. and like overtly mysterious yeah, names. The
2: woman in the radiator, the man right, of the planet, right, yeah. right,
1: right, right, right. Um, the beautiful girl across the hall. Yeah. Um. So he visits. He goes to this house, and we have Mary, who is his beau of some sort, mm-hmm. and her weird parents. <laughs> why?
2: Why do you think they're weird?
1: And her weird grandmother. <laughs> um,
2: I mean, I don't even know if I'd call her weird. I think she doesn't do anything. Oh literally.
1: Boy. So I will say, during this scene at this house, this was the moment that I was like, "Fuck yes, I am on board for this movie." Like oh, okay. genuinely, it is so my shit. Of like, specifically, my favorite scene in this entire fucking thing is when the dad is grinning at um, at Henry and the uh, yeah. Mary opens the door and is weeping and it's just this shot of his like yeah. Yeah. static, that's, that's- horrifying smile and her weeping. And I, like, I, I wanted to applaud. Like I was so fucking yeah. stoked at that image. It was really- yeah, That's what
2: I mean. Like they, there's many- powerful images yes
1: i genuinely thought i was gonna like sit down at this mic and feel the way i did about like i'm thinking of anything. things so i'm like oh. yes oh my god let's dive into all this yeah, I shit could,
2: i could have told you that wasn't gonna happen <laughs>
1: <laughs> but and i also did as i frequently do made a point to not know anything going in yeah
2: i um, mean i don't know what
1: <laughs> but like i you
2: could read that same synopsis you're reading now and still not know anything.
1: <laughs> right. But, like, you know, things just get to you by sure. osmosis or sure. whatever. And I guess this isn't a movie you summarize or, or, right. Homage. all right people homage it. Like, it, I feel like it's a reference I hear on, like, Hollywood podcasts of, like, yeah. oh, it's like the eraser head of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but, but so this scene, I was like, fucking in I was down for this weird journey I was about to take and then shit got really wild on me um so so he's talking to the mother okay and it doesn't say this part but I want I do not want to buzz over the mom in the kitchen making the salad scene Mm -hmm. so the mom is making salad in a sink did you notice that like, she doesn't have any counter space. Yeah. And there's a, a dish rack yep. on the counter. So she's making the salad. I mean, in a, in
2: a bowl, but a in a sink.
1: a huge salad, though. Like, it's yeah. fucking gigantic. Nev-
2: that never makes the table. Are you sure? I don't think it does. I mean, he, they, I he, they come right out and he just serves those chickens.
1: Those chickens. So, so she, something. so what we see is her, the Mrs. X, putting <laughs> the salad bowl down. And for some reason, the way she dumped that dressing on just was, like, every childhood memory I have. Just, like, whatever, fucking tossing this, like, head of a romaine. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It was just a very visceral thing. And then she... So she dumps a lot of dressing on. And it's, a, it's like, bigger than those Olive Garden salad bowls that are, like, yeah. pr- They can fit a lot of bullshit in there. <laughs> a lot of cabbage or whatever they put in their salad. Um, but she... Dumps in this lettuce, dumps a, an obscene amount of dressing on it, moves it over to this comatose, unmoving yeah. woman, yeah. uh, who's just sitting in the corner of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. She puts the bowl the salad bowl on her lap. She's sitting down in like a straight back chair, mm-hmm. puts the salad bowl on her lap, grabs two salad tossers. That's can't be it. <laughs> salad what is this called what am I doing (laughs) I don't
2: don't know what you're doing um and tongs I guess they're not not tongs they're not not connected it's just two wooden spoons or whatever two um
1: but anyway so she grabs one in each hand puts them in the woman's hands like over her like a fucking puppet Mm -hmm. and tosses the salad with her hands Mm -hmm. what the (laughs) fuck dude (laughs) What? what the fuck is that?
2: And 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 grandmother doesn't move at all. And doesn't then later do she anything. Likes cigarette doesn't like. And all of this is done in such a way that like she doesn't try to give it to you. Can you try to do this? Oh, and then I'll it, help it, you. It felt
1: very routine.
2: It, it was. She has no expectation that the grandmother is able to do this on her own. They the assumption is I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to take each put each hand on separately. Take each hand off separately, uh-huh. because yeah. Why? Everything. Why are you even doing it?
1: Right. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Um. So they're at the. So now that we go to the dinner table. So at the dinner table, and the grandmother does not make it to the dinner table. She remains in the kitchen. Do you have?
2: I'm putting you on the spot right now. Do you have any metaphorical or like you know an analogy? Like what is what is the meaning of that scene? Does that represent or have anything like? Since you're intrigued by it, you're fascinated by I it. Am on the spot. First thought: what is what is the meaning of it? And why is it in there?
1: What you put me on the spot. The thing that jumped into my head was that um, it made me think of an elderly person who refuses to admit that they're getting older, and so everybody around them has to kind of pretend that, mm-hmm. like, oh, Grandpa's going to carve the turkey, and he, like, does one cut, and then they take it in the back of the kitchen. Like, mm-hmm. it feels very, like, appeasing and ceremonial of, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Grandma's tossing the salad just like she has for 50 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do
2: you know why that would be in the... Like, What what's your overall takeaway from this movie for the for the most like is there a theme or an idea or a message in it to you
0: no
1: i mean not for me That's what, yeah. nothing nothing that landed with me like at the beginning you kind of primed the pump a little bit because at the beginning you said this is kind of about parenthood or kind of about fatherhood oh, Yeah, you said
2: something about oh because we're recording this on mother's day
1: is that why you said you, that?
2: said? you said, "Oh, here we go, watching Eraserhead for oh, Mother's Day." Oh, classic Mother's Day film, yeah. Eraserhead. And I was like, "Well, it's kind of about parenthood, but so
1: that planted some th- And obviously, there's when there's fucking sperms and an alien baby, like. But they're said.
2: not sperms, really. Yeah, they, you know they're what I mean. Like sperm adjacent. They're yeah, they have a weird look about them, but yeah.
1: Um, but uh, so yeah, I don't think. It felt to me like David Lynch had some weird abstract thoughts that he just wanted Mm -hmm. to get down, and this is what he did. It feels very dreamlike
2: to me. I think, because I hadn't really thought about it until we just started discussing this, and that's why I love discussing this, is that so much of this movie I watch, and I get into, like, a meaning panic. (laughs) Like, this is one of those movies of, like, every shot. I'm like, well, what does that mean? what does that mean? Yeah. And I wanna find a meaning and everything and it's just it moves so quickly and everything that you just don't.
1: Do you think that's a result of just your own the way you oh, yeah. watch movies? Or do you think it's from like going to film school and believing that there needs yeah, all to of it. be I mean okay. all of it.
2: And this movie is always regarded as being an interpretation film. This mm-hmm. it's up to the audience, you know, um I, Lynch is a big Kafka fan, so like the metaphor Morphosis oh, is yeah, a big, Kafka's right there. It's he's yeah, so like Kafka.
1: If you if you don't know, Kafka wrote a short story about a man who woke up as a cockroach.
2: Yeah, um, and it's and there's a giant picture of Kafka on Gordon Cole's wall in season three. Uh, oh yeah, but but that same idea of like it's all open to an audience interpretation, mm-hmm. um, but.
1: Oh, it's called Metamorphosis. Yeah. That's metamorphosis. What I was Did you say that?
2: Yeah, I was starting to, and then oh. you started.
1: <laughs> no, I just thought we were moving on, and I was trying to remember who is Metamorphosis or Metamorphosis. One no. is a. The
2: Metamorphosis, I suppose. it's called.
1: Okay. I think.
2: Metamorphosis... Anyway, there's a. Morpheus is from the Matrix.
1: No, well, I was going <laughs> to say there is. Metamorphoses is, a, is an Ovid collection of uh, Greek myths. Gotcha. So, yeah, I've read some books.
0: <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs>
2: Because of discussing this thing, this scene, I hadn't had a thought on it. I just thought it was weird and whatever, but it moved past it and then it doesn't come back. So I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but I started to wonder if it's just a symbol of the child controlling the, the, the parent's life. Which is what we're about to see with mm. Henry in that he has this new child and it's all of a sudden controlling every aspect of his life Mm -hmm. um so even when you're older your child is still controlling your life and the things that you do in some regard But that's just what my initial thing that jumped out at me now that we were just having this conversation yeah
1: that's interesting that that's an interesting take
2: also i find it interesting that his name is henry spencer which um if anyone isn't a psych fan which Mm -hmm. we are um the creators and, and James Roday in particular, huge Twin Peaks fans. I assume that carries over to David Lynch as well. Um, but the dad's name in that mm-hmm. show, the Corbin Burnson's character is Henry Spencer, which is relatively common name, but yeah. it could very, very well be.
1: Cause I want a nice little, cause it seems to me that like the Lynchian stuff and a lot of the dorkier things can't come specifically from James Roday or James Rodriguez is, as mm-hmm. he's going by now. Um, so it. Now that I think about it, it's not like he was in those productions. Eh, but who knows? I but I think he know.
2: was. I I think really? he was. No. I mean, they. I thought he like helped create this with like I think him and Steve Franks are like good friends growing up. Really, I thought maybe I'm wrong. Oh, but I, I
1: mean, I know I've seen his like audition tape, so I just assumed uh, that okay. that's that means it was just a blind audition. Not a maybe. blind audition, but like a yeah. battle call or whatever. Either way. Anyway, um. So, they're at the dinner table, and we're, we've met Bill, who is the father. And a plumber. And a plumber, and talks a lot, and is fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Um, he...
2: Meanwhile, before you meet him, you there's this terrifying noise over the entire scene, mm-hmm. until you realize, like, oh, it's like 27 dogs suckling on yes, uh, their, their dog mother or whatever. Yeah. Just, yeah, he's like playing throughout the entire scene, and it's it's a really disturbing because night. they don't acknowledge that there's animals there. Right, right. There's no establishing like, yeah, shot exactly. of
1: animals. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Spencer is asked to carve the chicken. These chickens are like they're like palm size.
2: Yeah, they're like small for like even a Cornish game. Yeah, head.
1: yeah, yeah. It's yeah, i because yeah, these are
2: yeah, they're tiny.
1: Like you could hold it yeah. in your palm. Um, and they look like they're made out of like fucking paper mache or some shit. They're so unappetizing looking. Yeah. Um, and so Bill, But he, ex-
2: he explains that I can't cut it because I can't feel my left hand.
1: Uh-huh. I This was...
2: I can use it now, but I still have no feeling in the it. The
1: doctors told me I wouldn't be able to use it. Yeah, and, and then I, I rubbed anyway. it every
2: day for 30 seconds or whatever. Yeah, I'm
1: gonna call doctors and see if yeah. they know about rubbing.
2: Um... <laughs> But basically, he's a. Fr- if he cuts it, he's a. Fr- he's like, I don't want to. I haven't tested cutting. Can you cut it? She yeah. usually cuts it. Can you cut it? Yeah. And it's just oh. a. B-
1: well, and then bizarre. Way what of. I really yeah. liked off of that was, um, um, Henry picks up the knife and is kind of gesturing with it, and the mm-hmm. dad is like, ah! <laughs> like, and it was just like this weird non-spoken
2: conversation mm-hmm. of like, and it's. I mean, the knife is as long as like six of those. Chickens yeah, lined yeah, up. it's like a like,
1: full-size carving knife. Yeah, and yeah. then he's got like the 2 pronged fork, and he goes to cut it, and the bird starts moving, which was the worst. <laughs> I thought that was gonna be the worst thing I saw, and then the bird started fucking oh. bleeding, and that was even worse than just the moving, because then it was moving and bleeding, and I hated it. I hated <laughs> every moment of it. Yeah. Um, and Bill, this this makes a note says the birds are man-made. I don't know what that means. Um, Yeah,
2: he explained that that's where they came from, but I don't, that doesn't mean, I don't know. Is that
1: that, a pro environmentalist, anti uh, processing? I don't know. Okay. um, So after dinner, um, Henry is kind of cornered. It looks like it's in a cupboard or a closet or something like that, but it might just be a corner.
2: It's, like, around an inset wall. Oh, I see. But it's the also, there's that big pipe that divides the frame. So uh-huh. there's, like, a big pipe that runs through the sc- right. screen. So it's he's always on the side with the mother, then there's the pipe, and then it's Mary. Okay. So they're always kind of separated by this big line.
1: Interesting. I didn't um, notice that. Um. Yeah. So she asks him if he and Mary had sex. Um, sexual intercourse. Sexual intercourse. And then she... This says she tries to kiss him. I remember it as her licking his face.
2: She starts... It's like in his neck. She kind yeah. of... like, But he also turns his head away. Oh. And so I think she just kind of starts going to town on like his <laughs> neck.
1: Yeah. Um, And then she tells him that...
2: Well, and he... Like, that exchange is really... Like, she is in his face, and matter of fact...
1: And, and he just
2: ends. keeps being like, don't make me answer that.
1: Right, right.
2: Which, so you it's obviously get the answer. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't... Why? That's none of your business, and, you know.
1: Um, but she tells him that Mary has had his child, and they must marry. And then Mary has shown up by this point. So, he says briefly... It's only been
2: Yeah, and then X. it's cut off.
1: And then the mom says, well, it was premature. And then we hear, they're not sure it's human.
0: What? <laughs> that no, can't be No, well, it. it's the other way
2: around. It says, it, it was born, well, that can't be possible. It's, we're not even sure it's human or something like that. And oh. she says, well, it's premature. As though that's the explanation for why it right. looks freakish. Um you also establish at the beginning when he's walking into the house when he's talking to Mary outside
0: mm-hmm.
2: and he's like, it's been, it's been a while. You haven't, I didn't know I if didn't you know wanted to come. come. I haven't heard from you.
1: But she says you're late.
2: Exactly. Oh God. Like, but that, that feels like the perfect dream exchange of oh, like totally. the idea of like, I'm late, but I don't know where I'm going. And oh I don't God. know who's expecting me, and I don't know why I'm supposed to be there.
1: and I don't know if anybody is expecting me right or am but I just for some
2: up? reason, I know I'm late right like it's it's tapping into that emotional response to something without the logical right um but yeah, so potentially this there's a real baby that is his mm-hmm. and it has been born. We don't know
1: expediently. how
2: expediently, yeah, or. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, that's why I think it's kind of like if he had had heard that he knocked up this girl, he was seeing,
1: and then this is his dream.
2: This is the if this is a dream in reaction to that. You skip. You, you don't. He's not worried about you her being pregnant part. because mm-hmm. that doesn't really affect him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got the sex part technically, sort <laughs> of at the beginning. It was Weird. Real hot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that, <laughs> that was a big terrible time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Hoo-wee>! Um <laughs> no, but like it's it, it skips into the part that he's genuinely afraid of, which isn't making a child and going through pregnancy. It's right. having, having a, child a child and having to raise it. And so it skips right to that.
1: Mhm. Um so the couple and and so mary uh, we already said that 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 the mom said they have to get married so the couple moves into spencer's studio apartment and the child is
2: totally normal
1: just a beautiful baby beautiful bouncing baby uh, just snake
2: you want to just pinch those cheeks
1: (laughs) oh god this this (laughs) puppet upset me
2: it's not uh. a puppet. It's real. It's a real preemie. Yeah, they got a real, pre- real, real premature so, child for this. So brave. This representation uh. is so
1: important. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's swaddled very tightly. It's just lying on the and desk, like,
2: like a it's swaddled like bandages.
1: Yeah, and like, like gauze. Yeah, not like
2: blankets or right. whatever. Yeah.
1: Um, and it's making a lot of noises, which I didn't care for.
2: Crying adjacent.
1: Crying adjacent is a good way to describe it. Um. The Mary is trying to feed it with like an eyedropper or a spoon.
2: So, I I, you know, I don't recall, something. but I don't she's remember. feeding it of sorts, and it's and not it's eating, kind of just <laughs> spitting it up.
1: Um, the uh, and so you, we got a little time of like she's trying to feed it. It's making noises. Everybody's miserable, as I understand young babies are wont to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mary just like exits stage right she's like actually fuck this see you never nerds like she can't stand them crying i just need one night of sleep i mean
2: that that there's a big jump there that's like he comes in this is when you get introduced to the radiator being a new location
0: mm.
2: he comes in lays on the bed and keeps looking up at her like
1: i really liked the way he laid on the bed like a cat like, uh-huh. he like walked his hands out yeah. i liked that a whole lot and,
2: and then lays and he's Face to face with the radiator, uh-huh. um, you go into the radiator. We saw earlier when he lays his so- his wet sock over the radiator.
1: Oh, it was steaming.
2: Uh, well, no, I mean because he stepped in the puddle, so he had the wet sock. No, no, no so I when know. When he first came in, he put the wet sock. No, the you,
1: radiator was steaming, but that's how. Uh, I mean, do. that's
2: just the radiator. Yeah, um, but he goes into the radiator. You go kind of zoom into the radiator. You mm-hmm. see light coming from behind the radiator, mm-hmm. and then you see that there's like some type of stage there. Right. Um, and then he goes in, you know, this time he sees kind of the same. So there's, he's being drawn to this while all of that is happening alongside him where she's trying to feed and the baby's loud and he doesn't understand what's happening Mm -hmm. and doesn't try to help. Gotcha. Um,
1: so, so yeah, Mary kind of loses her mind. She leaves. Yeah, after they she, fall
2: asleep. So they go to sleep. He's, oh, yes. He's asleep. Sorry, this and is she's the tossing detailed. it. Yeah, I know. But she's tossing and turning and whatever. She can't sleep. He tries to, like, is put his when, arm on her, his hand on oh, her shoulder. Yeah. And she jerks it.
1: And that's another cool shot of you see both of them lying there with their eyes wide open. Yeah. But, like, both pretending to sleep or yeah. trying to sleep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and she really. Yeah, yeah. He tries to be comforting.
2: I think, but the fact that he didn't do any of that earlier, Mm -hmm. she's clearly pissed because he didn't try to help earlier. He just. Oh God!
1: I didn't even get that she's mad at him. I just got that she's just mad at her situation that she like married this guy she doesn't care about. Is infinite is inconsolable. This guy's useless. Like, to me, it didn't. It I could be wrong, but to me, it didn't read about like she is mad at him for not helping. She's just like,
2: I think all of it. I mean, yeah. you, you get mad at one thing, and then that, yeah. you know, snowballs, right?
1: Um, so she bounces. Um, spends. Uh, Henry goes over to try to care for the baby. I guess. Um. And when he gets there, all of a sudden, it's developed these like horrible sores, these like boils. Yeah, he
2: there's it's a they it's a really fascinating reveal because he goes over, he gets a thermometer, uh-huh. takes the baby's temperature, and it's normal. Uh-huh. And then he looks back at it, looks down, looks up, and then,
0: yeah, yeah, it
2: like it's all get yeah, got all these boils and stuff, and he goes, oh, you are sick, right? Like it's so.
1: And it's breathing really raspy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Whatever it's doing.
2: But again, how things are in a dream where you're like, I don't understand. Is the baby sick? Oh, sick. And then when your mind tells your dream, the baby is sick. Now I see it. Yeah. Like yeah, now yeah. I see that it's sick. It just, that's how it yeah. happens. It just clicks.
1: Um, so then Spencer begins to experience visions. He uh, once again sees the man in the planet. So the other guy with the boils. So Mm -hmm. our boils are running. Is that guy the real father? What the fuck is going on in this movie? Um, He sees the lady in the radiator. Um, I hated this scene so much. Uh, It made me, and I mean, it made me really uncut. Like it was effective. It did what it meant to do but i found this distressing to watch it's
2: it's disturbing and i it's i love
1: it this woman it's a dream
2: who, of dark and disturbing things oh my
1: god it's this woman who's got i don't even know like
2: it's just giant puffy cheeks yeah yeah
1: um, and she's on this stage that you you mentioned earlier and doing like these sidesteps, these little sidesteps with while, like this like <laughs> well. Like this little giggly. Like a giggle, but also dead eyes that are staring right into the camera. So she's just got like she's making a smile, but her eyes are like Yeah. Shark's eyes, like a doll's eyes. Um, and then these sperm things just start falling out of the ceiling. And then at first she's kind of avoiding them and then she starts smooshing them with her feet and I didn't care for that one (laughs) bit. Um, Didn't like that at all. That was terrible. Um, So that's it. Any thoughts on that horrible scene?
2: Um, Well, I think my interpretation of... The lady in the radiator, the woman in the radiator. What it says, is it the lady in the radiator? I um, think they call her the lady in the radiator. Um,
1: lady in the radiator, I
2: guess. The lady I will call her. Don't do that. <laughs> um, she is representative of death. And more specifically, suicide. Oh. Um,
1: That's a lot more concrete than I thought you were going to say. I,
2: like... The song that we get later, first of all, in heaven, everything is fine.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Like this, 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 when he lays down and contemplates the radiators where he looks. So I picture that as like a daydream in this place. Uh-huh. Um, and instead of these sperm things successfully impregnating this woman and creating this baby uh-huh. in heaven, where everything is fine.
1: She stunts on them. We
2: they stun, we, we kill them all before, like, nothing happens. This, we don't be, you don't become a dad. You don't become, mm-hmm. and you can, you can get away from this. This is sweet relief. You can come here and be happy. Hmm. And it's, that's how I see is, like, some kind of outlet. And then, at the very end, that's what he does. I think.
0: Okay.
1: How? I don't know if I agree with the "this is a place to be happy" aspect of it.
2: I think it 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 isn't necessarily true. I think it's the oh, the mindset the when when you start like suicidal ideation. Yeah, like thank you. I the the actual idea of like this pain, this trauma, this there's an exit, this problem will all just go away and everything will be fine if I just end it and it's a terrible thought but that's the idea and that's how it manifested like it's like it'll if I go there it'll be like this never happened mm-hmm. it would be it's and it's this idyllic state that like that's where he is dreaming about essentially mm-hmm. and yeah it's not good I mean it's not right right.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it, that, like...
2: It's, it's it's not accurate. The
1: way suicide is a permanent solution to a short-term problem. Right. A.K.A. an easy fix that has no... Right. That is actually very negative. Because that, that makes sense to me, of, like, it seems really appealing, but the reality of it is it's right. horrible and you're leaving right. people behind. Um. So then, okay, so we had the man in the planet, we had the radiator, um, and then he finds the beautiful girl across the hall, hits that, I guess, (laughs) Um, and then he has a vision where he is, oh, it's a vision, okay, I was very confused at this point when his head popped off.
2: Yeah, well, and also that sex scene is incredible. With the two of them, the the woman across the hall, where they're like in the bed and the bed starts turning to like this puddle and they both start slowly sinking into it. Yeah. It's just fascinating imagery. Yeah,
1: it's wild. Um So So anyway, they have sex and then he has a vision where he's decapitated by a creature resembling the child the child, his his baby.
2: I this this all falls in line to me with the idea of con suicide contemplation okay so he sees this woman i has she i don't know if they mention it or how whatever has she mentioned that song in heaven everything is fine whatever that song um
1: i don't
2: think so. um and I, I don't recall if there's another instance or not but i think this is where she sings it but then he's like in like an opera box watching and then the thing comes and pops. So this to me is like the other side of like, oh my God, if I just if I just killed myself, this would all be over. Uh-huh. Wait a second. Yeah. What would that do? And then he starts spiraling into this like dark thing where I get turned into, I become another cog in this machine where I get turned into pencil erasers. Mm-hmm. And like, it's maybe this isn't the right place. Yeah. And it's it's the tug of war of like, legitimate suicide contemplation mm-hmm. I think
1: um so his head pops off the stump underneath it looks like that baby's face
0: mm-hmm.
1: um his head and and it's remained this really eerie looking it's his it's a human adult's hands and shoulders and it's a suit mm-hmm. and then there's just like a little stump coming out of the neck and you see it reminded me of like a weird muppet that like the head is obviously not his, but you can still see the hands. Like it's a human person's yeah. hands. Well, yeah,
2: it's it's clearly just someone laying on the floor with their right. arms up, right? And it, but it yeah. just makes
1: me think of like a Muppet trick mm-hmm. of like, oh, it's the Swedish chef has actual hands, right? Like, um, anyway, so that's what, I'm, and he's like twisting the um the railing. Yeah, the
2: the whole railing is which rolling.
1: A thing I. I, think I remind me of being a kid of just yeah, like yeah. trying to make things spin I guess
2: no, it just like you if you got your hands on a thing and it fidgeting. moves you're just like oh that's yeah, fun yeah. for some reason yeah
1: Um so the head in this head is very it's distraught looking it has a really pained expression on his face I mean it's
2: kind of the expression he's got on his face the entire movie right or are well, um, you talking about the the creature head
1: no 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 That the, the, the Head, head head okay um but it's just again another like weird papier-mâché head yeah. and it's falling and it hits a puddle and then all of a sudden like
2: well the there's like a tree
1: thing yeah which made me think which of which is a, the a arm. much
2: larger version of the tree that's on his bedside table like right next uh, to his bed yes, this is like a larger and it starts leaking out it's black and white so maybe blood or maybe fate. bile of some kind yeah. maybe just generic black liquid Mm -hmm. um but starts filling up on the the entire stage around him right um but i mean probably blood that's what i take from it especially if a if a tree is representative of life Mm -hmm. if it's bleeding from the roots that's representative of not life
1: wow (laughs) yeah you should be a professor (laughs) yeah you know um and so uh, and so we fi- we find his head on just a street and i old it, man like, see it Hints through yeah.
2: th- through like all of a sudden you see because you see that his head is laying on the stage right and there's a thin layer of blood or whatever it is and then I'll submit and then you realize it like it's gets pulled deep yeah. into something which was
1: the only time I like
2: gasped, gasped.
1: yeah it started I
2: me. I was joking about it halfway through. I really wish I could have just been like, Doing a time lapse of your facial expressions during this movie because they are all over the place and it's amazing.
1: I am glad you did not do that. I would not appreciate that at all. <laughs> I'm very self-conscious about the dumb faces I make. <laughs> um, so, so it falls from the sky, lands on a street, kind of on its head, and then it has this effect of like, like on the crown of its head. Mm-hmm. It looks like the wig or whatever is glued to the ground and then it like
2: starts to tip over and the hair falls off
1: right exactly but the the hair is stuck on the ground so it and then this boy this eight or nine year old kid Mm -hmm. picks it up and there's another man who notices as well and it seems like
2: a homeless man yeah
1: and neither of them seem alarmed that a head has just Mm -hmm. fallen out of the sky so the kid picks it up and is like carrying it to a factory or whatever (laughs) and then we got another like What feels like maybe a hat tip to from season three to this is like a guy is the kid walks into a storefront, he's holding his head, there's a guy behind the desk, and he's buzzing for ostensibly his boss or whatever, Mm -hmm. but and it's a full minute. And finally, this guy fucking explodes out of this door. And it's so slimmer to, this is what we do in the FBI. Yeah, he's
2: right in his face yelling yeah. at him. And
1: just, like, comes out with his finger pointing. Like, oh, it's so good. Um, and then the guy indicates, mm, there's somebody here. And so the guy immediately stops. The boss immediately stops. And, and gets like, all cheery. Oh, hey. Yeah. Um, Come with me this way. So they bring this head into this factory. And we're seeing that pencils are being made. Yeah. And then the guy takes... I didn't... I thought it was a drill at first, but it's more of like a core. Yeah. And so he drills into the top of...
2: Pulls out a section of the head.
1: Yeah, the way they do with like ice, um, like glaciers. That's how they like study glaciers Mm -hmm. is they do, you know, six inch round tubes of the ice from all the way down so they can see thousands of year old ice, science is dope, um, pulls it out and it looks pretty nondescript and then he feeds it into this machine yep. and lo and behold, it's being They're used putting to create er- erase, erasers. Putting, uh, er-
2: putting erasers on top of pencils. Which... By by uh, Ted Theodore Logan's dad <laughs> from oh, really? Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah.
1: It took me a second to figure out what you're talking about. <laughs>
2: right. Ted Theodore Logan from Bill and Ted... That's, oh, that's the guy funny. who plays his dad in all three movies. That's funny.
1: Um, and this was maybe the most literal David Lynch has ever been in his life. That like, oh, literally erasers are made out of head. His head is an eraser. He's an mm-hmm. eraser head. I just thought it was his weird hair that made him look like an eraser head.
2: But that also leads me to believe this is the type of nightmarish vision or whatever. A man who has hair like that Probably got called a racer head by some. Yeah. And so when you start having nightmarish thoughts. Yeah. That injects itself and you turn yourself into an actual eraser. Right. Head Lean whatever. into it. Yeah. Like like in a way that like, you know, bullying is pervasive and it actually cut, can cut to the core of people. mm mm-hmm. Um, And I think this is an example of like, they don't ever say that, but because his hair looks like that, Mm -hmm. he was probably called that at some point in his youth, probably repeatedly. Yeah. And now these are the kind of nightmares that he has.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So I was very surprised when we saw Spencer again. I thought, I didn't realize we'd been watching A Vision, which... In my defense, it's very hard to differentiate what is, oh, yeah. I mean, quote-unquote, a vision versus, quote-unquote, reality.
2: Quote-unquote, dream, quote-unquote, right. anything, yeah.
1: um So Spencer's back. He's walking down his hall. He tries to booty call with the beautiful girl across the hall. Dad doesn't, she's with somebody else. Um, real bummed about that, so he has to go home to his infant kid who's been alone on a dresser for the last however long. Yeah. Or he just doesn't exist when he's not there because it's a dream and nothing means anything. Um, so the child, the lizard-headed child, <laughs> is still crying. And so he decides to take a pair of scissors and cut off the kid's swaddling. So like Mikey and I said, it's kind of gauzy. It's yep. bandages, it's It's not a blanket. So he's kind of cutting it through. I thought he was going to fucking cut off that kid's head. I'll tell you that right fucking now. When he went at it with you scissors. You just thought
2: or you were hoping? <laughs> yes. Nothing means anything.
1: <laughs> um so he starts cutting it up does not cut the head off. Instead cuts to the shoulder. Good self-control eraser head. <laughs> and the it the there's no The kid is just a sack of organs bound up in bandages. And so that was pretty unfun to look at for me with my eyes. Um, So he splits open like a fucking baked potato and then. Mm
2: -hmm. But then he stabs it.
1: Yes. I did forget about that part because I was so upset about yeah. the baby. He, he stabs whatever
2: and it starts it oozing lo- did out. Did he
1: stab it or did, it looks like he tried to like cut?
2: I think he opens the things and kind of stabs two, oh, oh, two spots. Okay, um, um, So he stabs it and it starts leaking and yeah. then there's like this pus and then there's this like, f- like fluff. Yeah. Like stuff that's like. It's kind of like oatmeal yeah and it's like filling up but it's like growing like like when you put like uh, that foam shit like yeah. see, like insulation foam mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah it just expands yeah
2: and um, it kind of grows up around him and engulfs it
1: mm-hmm. um, so then the, the power in the room overloads um, the lights flicker on and off and the child starts growing um, and then the lights burn out completely And the child's head is replaced by the planet. Spencer appears amidst a billowing cloud of eraser shavings. The side of the planet bursts apart. Inside, the man in the planet struggles with these levers, which are now emitting sparks. Spencer is embraced warmly by the lady in the radiator as both white light and white noise crescendo. End of movie.
0: Yay.
1: There is a part when that last scene when they show him and it's the the poster that we've all seen a million mm. times and I did give a little applause
2: for that. because <laughs> it's a beautiful shot.
1: Oh my god. Well and it made me understand why I assumed he had white hair whenever I thought of a head, I always assumed he had oh. gray white hair because that's the only image I know and yeah. it looks very light the way it's gotcha. being, lit. being <laughs> lit yeah it's not
2: Um, But yeah and then that, that white out makes me think that he has killed himself
1: by what means doesn't matter okay so it's not so you're not thinking oh this is a guy contemplating hanging himself and that's why he has head based fears uh, it's are you positing that it's just the concept
2: of suicide right. as opposed to a specific as method a, as a way or and i'm and i'm grappling with this now a little bit in my own head of like how much of this is about abortion okay yeah and the idea of like, this thing was born way premature. It's not a child.
1: I think that's a really interesting point. It's
2: it's a fucking monster. It, yeah. Like you said, it doesn't have bones. It doesn't have structure. Mm-hmm. It can't survive. Right. And it's, it's
1: outwardly miserable and making everybody else miserable.
2: Right. Yeah. I can is, see this as
1: is. A, is. Do you think this is pro-choice or pro or anti-abortion?
2: I don't know. I, I, I don't know that it is. I don't know that it makes a statement. I think it might just be this man's nightmare trying to deal with what do I do?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, I, what are my options? And I mean, it seems on the surface more pro pro-choice than pro-life.
1: That's what I would think.
2: If if it is in fact even an even you know right. addressing the abortion issue,
1: because to me with that lens, it definitely makes me think of like anti-choice people, anti-abortion people are like, well, it's 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 immediately a baby, it's it's right, but the reality—if you were to
2: take it out of the woman—look
1: very much like this, yeah. Like, oh my god, I think you cured it. You cured it. You solved it. You, I think that's what it's about: abortion. This whole movie. Maybe it's him grappling with an abortion that he strong-armed a lady friend into. That could be, too. Hmm. Well, do you have any others? I mean,
2: but then, but, like, what the, so that's what's interesting, is that, like, I've, it feels like The Lady in the Radiator, to me, is, like, an end it. Or... Maybe it, maybe it isn't his own suicide maybe it is the death of his child and mm-hmm. or his potential child mm-hmm. and that like you said it's he strong-armed a woman into an abortion mm-hmm. and this is him coming to terms with like it's okay whatever would have been a baby is in heaven
1: I think it and
2: everything is fine or
1: I think for obvious reasons my brain is going here but uh, take the journey with me of this is about a miscarriage and sure. the sort of fear, like the fear of impending parenthood that you have, is very real, right? Everybody who's expecting a kid is nervous to some extent or mm-hmm. another. But it's not as if you wish the child, assuming that this is a wanted baby. You don't wish it away, but you do allow yourself to be like, what if it's this horrible thing? And then you lose it, and you're sad about that, too.
2: Like, you're both... David Lynch's daughter was born a little bit before this, Jen Lynch, Mm -hmm. uh, with Club Feet. Mm -hmm. And that's a, you know, any... Deformity of any kind or whatever, as a parent,
0: mm-hmm.
2: strike some fucking fear into you. Yeah. And I would say that that probably plays a factor in whatever is happening.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But th- that's the the thing I grapple with the most is like you end this entire movie on an image of white light mm-hmm. and him hugging the lady in the radiator. Right. If that isn't that's something. There's that's
1: it does feel like a death but something
2: is 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 it just saying that like the death is you made this abortion happen but that's okay like mm-hmm. is she just reassuring him of that like i i don't know and i this depending on whatever lens you're looking at it through this mm-hmm. could mean anything right but i don't know it's I, not something you know I ha- I've seen this this is now my third viewing I think mm-hmm. um also watched it the the Criterion Blu-ray the sound the video all of it it's is incredible bananas. um like just quality wise
1: so jen lynch thinks that her so what she said is that her unexpected um, conception and birth defects were the basis of the film's themes is what Jen thinks.
2: Yeah. I I, I would, I mean, that's not shocking in any way. Mm. Like, and it's probably about all of those things that we just talked about. It's about the idea of I brought this thing into the world I should off myself. I, mm-hmm. I think that this thing could be awful, let's kill it. Let's get an abortion. Let's, sure. you know, or, or this thing was born or like, it could be so many things mm-hmm. and it could be all of these things manifesting themselves and then just darting all over the place.
0: Right. All right.
2: Do I mean, do you have any other?
1: Not really. Like, I don't.
2: Yeah. It... Oh, I wanted to talk the, another scene, the way you love the, um, sequence of the the dad yeah. grinning and whatever. Yeah. The other sequence that I fucking love is when Mary is leaving in the middle mm-hmm. of the night mm-hmm. and he's laying in bed and he's got the sheets up under his chin. He's like, "What are you doing?" and she's staring at him through the bed frame. Yes. Very much.
1: Oh, and pulling out the seat. Very
2: much like Bob, Bob at the the foot of Laura's bed. That vision. And she's <laughs> and she's <you> just <laughs> re
0: and pulling the bed doing. and she's
2: just staring at him and then finally yanks out that suitcase good. and he's just like stare like not asking her what she's doing like that yeah. scene is creepy and weird and very, bizarre very, and very I love it
1: yeah yep 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 um
2: and also I don't know what it is about that image of one hand being under the bed, one on the top of the bed frame, and the head peeking out between mm-hmm. the mattress and the top of the frame. Mm-hmm. But he knew it was scary because he used it again in Twin Peaks. Right, right. Like, right, like yeah. it's that's it the image of Bob that that Sarah has at the the end of the pilot.
1: Yeah. Um. I
2: guess I was, it's not the. Is that the pilot?
1: No, we don't see Bob
2: for the image. The well, you see him in the mirror. No, she, that vision is a little bit later, but either way. Um,
1: um, okay. I mean, I don't have anything else. Yeah, to I, say. I unless you
2: have, you always look up like trivia and things like that. You I like didn't, to do those. I was
1: locked in and trying to figure out what the fuck this movie was about.
2: Okay. I just didn't know if you had anything that you had pulled up, but.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: I like, I think this is a movie everyone should watch at some point. I don't agree. No,
1: I don't think.
2: Like I think it's fascinating to just see what somebody can do with the like the fact that this was it started making this in 1970.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like this, this thing is beyond us now. Yeah, this, like this is a I would, decade, like decades ahead of you know.
1: I would amend what you said to say if you are interested in filmmaking.
2: This yeah. is definitely
1: a movie you want to see. Like, you think I'm going to show this to my fucking mother? Like, she would not. Yeah. Like most for people sure. would not care for this kind of, course, of thing. Of
2: course. Of yeah. course. And
1: abstract art is not for everybody. It's hardly for me, and I'm doing a podcast about it. <laughs> um, so I, I don't, I disagree that yeah, people should I, see I, this. True. I think see it if you if you have an inkling to see it, watch it. If you're like, mm, yeah. it, it is, it's fucked up. Like there's some fucked up shit in there.
2: And there was a, and there's a lot of, but there's a, yeah, like unique things to make that like that puppetry is fantastic. Like it's technically the, great. It, like
0: the lighting is it incredible. Caught, like
2: we, we talked about, we joked about this while it was on that the, it caught the eye of George Lucas, who mm-hmm. then invited David Lynch to direct um, return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he couldn't because of, he was making Dune, mm-hmm. but be, I, th- I think the difference is like the way we've talked about this before we've had this conversation, not on this podcast, I don't think. But um, about how I don't see, like, I don't see George Lucas as a filmmaker. I see George Lucas as an inventor. Mm-hmm. So he's always trying to in like same thing with James Cameron. I think constantly Cameron. trying, yeah, trying to invent new equipment and tools and tricks to help with the medium. Which is why, like, James Cameron. Not, most of the time story-wise is awful. The fact that he's allowed to write scripts is baffling to me. <laughs> um, but I think Lucas saw, ooh, look at this resourceful person mm-hmm. who made all these things. That fuels well into the, like, that. Sure. F- that's a great thing. Like, in the Star Wars world.
1: It's innovative. He's. I yeah.
2: don't think he realized that David Lynch doesn't Doesn't play well with others. No. And, and as far as like studios. Like, studios, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you, no, we need it to be this. He'll be like, no, I want to do it like this yeah. and create some crazy thing. Like uh, Return of the Jedi would have been a very different movie. Correct. Um, but I don't think David Lynch would have made, yeah, I think you would have ended up with another Dune, which is just kind of a hot mess. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, so probably, ultimately. Yeah, yeah, I mean, better for the star wars franchise certainly
1: yeah um all right well that is all i have to say about that movie
2: what do we have next i don't fucking know
1: (laughs) you know it's is it elephant man
2: probably elephant man
1: why would you expect me to know that i just
2: i i'm just was wanting to stop you from pressing stop on the oh i just wanted to blurt it out (laughs) first all right let's see I believe it's Elephant Man.
1: All right. So next we are watching The Elephant Man, which is streaming according to this. And this is early May 2021 saying this. It should be on, looks like on Prime and Paramount Plus uh, for free. Hmm. Um, And something called Canopy, which I've never heard of.
2: So we'll see you in two weeks with The Elephant Man.
1: (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to Cooper Duper at Twin Peaks Podcast for regular people. Hosted by Michael Greif and me, Jessica Blumke Greif. Our podcast logo is by Foraker Creative. You can follow them at Foraker Creative. Our theme music is by Brad Chactus. You can always email us at cooperduperpod at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes and leave us a positive review and tell a friend. We'll see you next week.